The psalmist said of God in Psalm 119, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. For many of us, God's word comes through reading and hearing from the Bible. And today we're focusing on uh, the Old Testament, but with an important bit from the New Testament thrown in, fear not. Um, We're thinking about some of God's messengers, and they have a special name. Do any of the children, Henry, are you there? Can you remember what we call one of God's messengers as a special word? Can you remember what it is? It begins with P. Well done, you got it. Prophets. All right, so we're talking about the prophets today. We understand that there were many of them in Old Testament times, but only 15 have particular books in the Bible. And we'll be thinking about what they said and why they needed to say it. So we'll see how we go with that. The biblical prophets lived hundreds of years ago, um, actually over a thousand years ago, but what they had to say to people then is also essential for us today. They didn't act on their own or for their own benefit. Their work was part of God's mission from creation. So we're going to look at two Bible passages. The first one wasn't written by a prophet, actually. It comes from the, one of the old, old books called Deuteronomy, one of the books that forms the, the law. Uh, and it, th- th- I want everybody to listen really carefully as it describes a relationship between God and his people. And then the second reading comes from the prophet Jeremiah. And he talks about good times and bad times. So as we come to hear more through our worship, and we'll hear and see and hear more about relationship with God, I hope. We'll see how we get on. So the first reading from Deuteronomy, can we have those please, Alison? Thank you. So starting at verse 10. All of you are standing today in the presence of the Lord, your God, your leaders and chief men, your elders and officials, and all the other men of Israel. Together with your children and your wives and the foreigners living in your camps who chop your wood and carry your water, you are standing here in order to enter into a covenant with the Lord your God. A covenant the Lord is making with you this day and sealing with an oath to confirm you this day as his people that he may be your God as he promised you and as he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I am making this covenant with its oath not only with you who are standing here with us today in the presence of the Lord our God but also with those who are not here today. Moving on to Jeremiah. At the time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. This is what the Lord says. The people who survive the sword will find favour in the wilderness. I will come to give rest to Israel. The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying... I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I will build you up again, and you, Virgin Israel, will be rebuilt. Again you will take up your tambourines and go out to dance with the joyful. Again you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. The farmers will plant them and enjoy their fruit. 
there will be a day when watchmen cry out on the hills of Ephraim. Come, let us go up to Zion to the Lord our God. This is what the Lord says. Sing with joy for Jacob. Shout for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, expectant mothers and women in labour. A great throng will return. They will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside the stream of water on a level path where they will not stumble. Because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in the distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flocks like a shepherd. Marvellous. I hope you found that interesting. There's a lot in it, an awful lot in it. We'll unpack just a little bit of what's there. But one of the things that I really like is how it just helps you understand that we don't have to take it all absolutely literally. They're, it's poetry and visions. Do you, you know what I mean? And the, this idea that the, the message is, is of, the, of the hope. Yeah, what were the two things that were said at the end there? The first one's gone from my head already. Something and hope. What was it, David? Yeah, you, it's gone from your head too, hasn't it? Great. <laughs> Never mind. But you know what I mean. All right, the hope is the one that I've, I've, I've focused on. Yeah, um, and uh, I'd, so it, I hope you found the, the video interesting. Um, I did you anybody? How many people realise that Isaiah prophesied naked for three years? Did you know that already? Did you know it already? I I had missed that. Um, I have to say, <laughs> um, and I'm very glad I was never Isaiah. Um, uh, they, yeah, that how that, yes, so is everybody else, yes. Um, how, how prophets got that message across, I, I think it's, it's fascinating what God asked them to do. Uh, video gave us the 15 books of the prophets, um, and uh, they, uh, they didn't only find their own physical ways of using word pictures like Ezekiel, who sat in the ashes and made a, a model of Jerusalem and broke it up. Uh, or Isaiah, who was naked for three years. Um, sometimes God spoke to them in visions. Jeremiah often focused on the potter's wheel. Who knows what a potter's wheel is? Do you know what a potter's wheel is? Have you ever seen one? Who knows what a potter's wheel is? Children, have you, have you ever seen a potter's wheel? Yeah, it's a big, a big circular platform in a sink, basically. And a potter takes a big lump of clay and throws it into the middle. And then they push a treadle underneath and the wheel spins really fast. And they put a bit of water on. And then they put their hands on and form the pot. And they can put their thumbs in the middle. Have you seen that? Have you seen videos of it? It's fascinating. I love watching it. I have tried to do it once. I got very messy because it just splashed everywhere. And I I didn't get it central. I mean, okay. Um, and, and so Jeremiah uses this idea of the potter and God being the potter, and when the pot goes wrong, breaking it down and starting again, but still making something beautiful. Um, let me just see where we are. Amos, one of the little prophets, who knows what a plumb line is? Does anybody know what a plumb line is? 
grown-ups, what's a plumb... I know you know. What's a plumb line, Tim? It's a line for finding the vertical. It's a line for finding the vertical. So you take a long piece of string and you put a really heavy weight on the bottom. And then if you hold it up, because the weight is being pulled straight down by gravity, science teacher kicking in, okay? All right? It's a, it's a vertical line. And if you're building something like our annex at the moment, they will be using plumb lines. And you know, the old system works the best. It really does. I suspect they now are doing it with lasers and all sorts of other things. Yes. But I would still say that your plumb lines must way. And so that was a measure of, of being true. And that was a measure then of being true to God's word. Are we being true to what God's asked us to do? Or are we out of true? But the people didn't always understand the message. And I have to say, when I read the prophets, I don't always understand the message. So in a way, I'm not really surprised. But let's not be too quick to judge. I wonder how good we are at getting the message. So I'm, who knows how to play charades? You all know how to play charades, don't you? Okay. Um, David, can I put you on the spot and bring you up here to give me a hand? <laughs> Okay, totally un no warning whatsoever, but we're rolling with it today with no Barbara. So I wonder whether you would be willing to have a go at acting out a fa uh, an uh, expression. I've got them here. Is that yet? Yeah, yeah, no, you don't? No, just come over here. All right. Okay. I wonder whether... I'm going to give this first one out. So well-known expressions, well-known phrases. So if I was to, to, to do this... Raining cats and dogs. Is that all right? So see how well you can get on. Do you think you could try and do that one for me? And I'll do the next one. See if you can do that one. I don't know whether you can. Something that'll do. I could eat a horse. That'll do it. Right, I'm doing the next one. Uh... Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. Clearly unplanned. This. Okay. Right. Well. So it's sort of um, maybe. Okay. The um, second, third word. Yeah. Okay. Um. Peck. So. No. I'm I have a go at that one. I don't really can do that one. No, let's not do that one. That's far too hard. <laughs> They're all abstract words. Uh, try okay. yeah, so that, that one we're not doing is better late than never. I don't know how I'd do that one. Alright, try that one. Okay. <laughs> Dog. 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 
Well done, David. Okay, I'm on one. Okay. Um, one, two, three, four, five, Excellent. Well done. Brilliant. Do you want to have a go at one? Do you want to have a go? Um, that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, you see if you can do this one. Or the bottom one? In the bottom one. Do you think you can do that one? Or do you want to try that one? Which one would you like? I think this one's easier. You don't want to do No, no, that's fine, Henry. <laughs> see if you can guess, though. You have to, you've read them now. One. Oh, right. Good one, David. Thank you. Okay, last one. measure it costs an arm and a leg brilliant and then david thank you <laughs> so we thought about how the prophets sometimes try to get their message across but more important of course is what their message was so um, I'm, I'm now going to look at what barbara had prepared and uh, we'll see how we get on i'm aware of the time and small people listening we'll see see how we go firstly there's covenant so the prophets were talking to a people who knew and had known God's personal presence with them. As people of Israel, they would probably have been able to recite the words we heard from Deuteronomy um, that we heard in our first reading. Children, can you imagine that you went to um, a, a school after school every day that was the school where you learnt the law and you just learned loads of it? Can I have a Bible? here we are. The law is in the book of Deuteronomy and the book of Leviticus and the book of Exodus. 
And that is, well, it's at least that many pages. Can you imagine going and learning all of it and just being able to say it all? I find it stunning. And that's what the, the children were taught and the people could do. Or at least when they were following God, they could. Uh, and they, these, the words from Deuteronomy were words about God confirming them as his people. They were his people. They were special. <coughs> they would know too that this covenant, which is another word for agreement, for agreeing things, it wasn't just God agreeing to do something. It was God's people also agreeing to do something. When you have an agreement, it's between two people. So it means that both parties have to do something. Um, now, uh, Barbara comes from the Methodist tradition, and we have a covenant service that we, some, we do here as well, because we're also part, we're an ecumenical partnership, so we um, in, embrace the Methodist traditions as well as the Baptist, Anglican, and URC. Um, and we have this covenant service in March every year, and it, it acknowledges all of this about covenant being two-way. Part of it is sometimes difficult. I always find it difficult. It says in the prayer, the Methodist prayer, it says, put me to what you will. And whenever we pray that together, I always go, can I say that today? Do I really want you, God, to put me to what you will? Am I really willing to be your servant? And we're seeing today in the Old Testament, the people found that just too difficult to do constantly, in much the same way as I do. The people had moved away from their relationship with God. So things were going very wrong. So the second aspect, so that first bit was about the covenant and the agreement. The second bit is the acknowledgement of being wrong. A need for the people to recognise what had gone wrong, that they'd, they'd walked away from God. And that was in the video, it talked about repentance, which means turning round. Repentance is a word that we use in church a lot. And it, it means saying, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. But I was doing some work with Gazebo, which is our, our um, children's club on a Wednesday. And I was looking, up, looking into the word repentance. It comes from a Latin word, and it literally just means to turn round. And it was part of the drills... On, on the, you know, the sergeant major, would, you know, the centurion, would be saying, repent. And that meant about face, about turn. That's all it meant. It didn't, it's not, no more magic than that. It just means to go the other way. Um, and that image has always helped me. I, I, I found it really useful since I found that out. It's about having a new way forward. And although the video talked a lot about judgment and the day of the Lord, the third aspect for us to focus on is this idea of hope. Think of the words from Isaiah that you hear around Christmas. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he will be a wonderful counsellor, mighty God. You know those words? They're familiar. And the video briefly mentioned a messianic king who would restore God's kingdom in a renewed creation. And that, we as Christians believe, is Jesus who came. We remember his coming at Christmas, and his life is recorded in the Gospels. And we remember at Easter when he died on a cross 
and then rose again on the third day. And that is so that he made the ultimate sacrifice for each of us to pay for all the wrong things that everybody's done, including God's people way back in the Old Testament times, that we might have new life. He's the key of glory. He gives the world hope of new life that comes through his eternal kingdom. So where does that leave us today? How will the messages brought by the prophets inform our lives? Will we be able to recognise what's being said? Or will they be like riddles that you try to solve with the well-known phrases and sayings that we were acting out earlier? I do find it hard to read those sometimes. hope this... Uh, this morning, we'll give it some context. Perhaps you can ask yourself, how is the relationship between God and me? What's actually happening in that at the moment? And then that challenge for me, and I'm sure it's a challenge for you too, can I truthfully ask Or do I follow my own path, reaching out to God when I need him? only reaching out when I need him. Does that make sense? How often do we, we trog along and it's all fine and everything's great and something goes wrong. Oh, God, please, would you do this for me? Um, I don't think he minds that, you know. He longs to be with us. He longs for us to reach out to him. The challenge for me is how I, uh, having crisis passed, how I then continue to reach out. Another question we can ask is, am I really able to acknowledge what's wrong? It's sometimes difficult. Some people find that using a prayer of confession helps, and we're going to use a prayer of confession in a while. I've left that prayer of confession in. It was the prayer of confession leading into communion. But I thought in the light of what we've talked about, we would still use that prayer of confession this morning. Thirdly, where do I find my message of hope? It might be in the Bible. It might be in the words someone's written in a song or a hymn. It may be in a personal word from God that you've received. It may be in some comfort that a person brings to you. So covenant, repentance and hope, those are our three, three themes this morning. These three aspects of the Christian life that we see in the words of the prophets and that we can embrace in our own, own lives. That's what we see. Covenant, agreement. That's an easier word for you children, perhaps. Repentance, that's just turning around and going the other way. And the hope that we have. But, don't keep it to yourself either. God's words came to us through the prophets hundreds of years ago and they weren't afraid to speak. <clears throat> we each have a part to play in sharing God's word. I wonder how each of us will share it this week. We're going to sing a song now, uh, I think. No, we're going to do, no, we're going to do conf the confessional prayer next. And then we'll sing, There is a Redeemer. So, again, if you say the words in bold. Lord, have mercy. Lord, we say together, have mercy on me, O God, in your constant love. In the fullness of your mercy, blot out my offences. Wash away all my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. 
Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Give me the joy of your help again and strengthen me with a willing spirit. If we, are, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So to all who truly repent, this is his gracious word. Your sins, my sins, are forgiven. Amen. Thanks be to God.